Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Matthew. Praise God. Uh, we, uh, we just were visited by, uh, members of, of, of our family and, uh, my son, uh, Nick, we, we were talking about uh, the current sort of social and political, uh, challenges, you know, in the world today. And one of them was that this thing called identity politics. You may have heard of that terminology. And he said that uh, a lot of people today of, uh, you know, sort of certain leanings <laughs> in politically love labels because, uh, you know, if you can get a label on yourself, if you're some sort of a, a persecuted group or whatever, then, you know, maybe there's something that you can weaponize that and use it against other people that aren't in your group. Boy, the church has sure refined that one, you know, <laughs> when you think about it, you know, oh, you're not Presbyterian, I can't talk to you, you know. I mean, it's almost that bad in, in some circles, or you're not Word of Faith, or you're not even Pentecostal, or whatever, I can have no fellowship with you, and uh, that is just not the right spirit. But we were talking about labels and how destructive they can be, and... um I just kind of tied it in with some scripture here that we're very familiar with the story about the the woman that, you know, uh, ate, talked about eating the crumbs from the table, the master's table. We're going to get into that in just a second. I promise we'll read the scripture. Is there a scripture in our future? Yes, there is. <laughs> but um, I was thinking about labels, and, 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 and Jesus called her a name. And labeled her, and she used it to her advantage. And um, I was thinking about what do we call ourselves? What do we think of when we think of ourselves? And the devil is the worst name caller you'll ever encounter. Because he usually is telling you that you are, fill in the blank, uh, totally opposite of what God says about us. And he'll use what what I call lying well, I don't call it, the word does, lying vanities. Remember Jonah, when he's in the fish, it's not a whale, a whale's a mammal. He says that the Lord prepared a special fish, a large flounder or something, we don't know what it was exactly, but it was not a whale. It's Jonah and the whale, there's no whale, it was a fish, specially prepared fish. And uh, I never had thought about that till I heard Oral Roberts preach on it at camp meeting 1983 in Tulsa, praise the Lord. And... uh he said, it, stop calling it a whale because it wasn't a whale, it was a fish. You know, say it according to the scripture. But a special fish that was prepared and he's in the belly of the fish and, and he's griping, you know, for three days and three nights. You know, you want to make, you want to go to 30 days? I mean, how long you want to gripe and stay in the fish? Uh, he could have gotten out of the fish, I'm pretty sure, in a, in a few hours. But he just drags it on, griping and complaining. And boy, we can all use that lesson a little bit. Because when you're in the fish and you're in the darkness and you're wet and it's stinky and gross, and you're wondering, when will these digestive juices start working on me? You know, you're just thinking, um, you know, it's easy to complain. And that's all that you remember. That's all that Jonah did is he griped and complained, uh, you know, and then he blamed God for it. He's the one that volunteered to get thrown overboard. And then he's thrown overboard, and then he blames God for the whole thing, and the fish actually rescued him. 
but he's in the fish and he's griping and he's complaining and he, all thy billows and thy waves came over me. It's all your fault. You know, here I am in a mess and you don't care about me and here I am. And, uh, what did God say about that? Nothing. He doesn't respond to that. He said nothing. What did the Lord say? Nothing. Sometimes if the Lord's not speaking to us, it's because he's got reason to not speak to us. So we're, you know, he's not going to respond to anything but faith. He's not going to do anything that contradicts his own word. And so oftentimes if we're griping and we're complaining because the circumstances are so sucky. Um, that, it, you know, it's, it's, it's like, well, why isn't my deliverance coming? Well, because you've cursed yourself. You're not going to curse your, you're not going to get deliverance from cursing yourself. Well, I'm just cursed. I'm just sitting here in my curse. And so it says that he, um, he quoted a psalm and he said, uh, lying vanities, those that, those that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. And he started, he said, I will turn towards thy holy temple. He said, salvation is the Lord. Now, he had been saying for three days that being in bondage is of the Lord, the Lord's fault. But then he changed his tune and he started saying, salvation is of the Lord. Amen. And so, you know, that's what we need to be declaring over our lives I, instead of I'm cursed and I'm in a fish, to start declaring I'm delivered, I'm saved, I'm supplied, I'm healed, I'm whole, nothing broken, nothing missing. Based on what? The Word. Based on the checking account balance, based on the, the, the what the doctors, the last numbers. I, I've prayed so, I have, sometimes I feel like I'm, a bookie instead of a pastor because people want you to believe God for numbers. Well, I need these numbers to be higher. I need those numbers to be lower. Numbers, numbers. New First church of the numerology. It doesn't matter what those numbers say. It's what the Word says that counts. Amen? Now, eventually it matters, but they can be changed by the Word. I'm not stupid. You know, if your blood sugar's high, you probably need to pull it down. If your blood pressure is high, you probably need to pull it down. I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but if you focus just on those natural numbers and natural things, your checking account eventually needs to come up. But if you just focus on that instead of what the Word says about it, you'll never be able to pull it up. You'll never be able to pull it down or whichever way you need to go. Amen? Preach! Shandai. Anyway... Um, that was what, that was what, um, the former, one of the former presidents of the Foursquare denomination, Roy Hicks, he called, he called certain Foursquare church members, members of the Chandeliers Club because their tongue was all the same. When they prayed in tongues, Chandelier, Chandelier, Chandelier. He said, I'm the Chandeliers Club. He was talking, you need to branch out a little bit, maybe. Okay, just saying. If you don't like it, write International Church of the Foursquare. They're on Glendale Avenue in Los Angeles. Next to Angelus Temple. 
All right, found Matthew 15 yet? I know where all the addresses of Pentecostal denominations are. In case I decide to send out a mass letter of complaint, I can get them all. Praise the Lord. There's one in Springfield. There's another one in Cleveland, Tennessee. It's the... Okay. Matthew 15. Uh, we're going to read about this woman and some things about labels. Anyway, back to poor Jonah and the fish. He had to stop seeing himself as, as in prison. He said he was in prison. He had to stop seeing himself in darkness in prison. And before, the only thing that had changed in his situation was his confession about it. He's still in the darkness. He's still in the wet. The conditions have not changed. It looks like they're never going to change. But he changed his tune. My daddy and mama used to say to me when I got a little snottiness about me, I'm sure you, none of you experienced that as teenagers. But, uh, I'd get a little snotty and, uh, <laughs> never, right? <laughs> and, uh, I'd get a little snotty mouth. You know what I mean? Smack mouth. And, uh, they'd say, you need to change your tune. You need to change your tune. I grew up with, I need to change my tune. But you know what? Sometimes we need to change our tune with the things of life and the things of God. And, you know, and so how's that griping been working out for you? Has it changed anything for the better? Has it gotten better because you're griping? Gripe, 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 gripe. Like me when I drove up to the church today and I could see that the grass had not been mowed when I was promised by the lawnmower man that it would be. I'm griping in the parking lot. Has it changed it? No, it's still ugly. Just saying. But, praise God, we're going to, I'm, this week, I'm finding a solution in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And if you're the lawnmower person, you're watching this, there's your message. <laughs> I love you, but you should mow the grass. Anyway. Uh, griping and complaining, amen, doesn't change anything. And sometimes we have to change our tune a little bit and, and, uh, get on track, right? So Matthew 15, 21, we're going to see what this woman said about herself. Jesus went thence and departed to the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, behold, look, (laughs) pay attention, in other words. Behold, look, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Everybody that's raised a teenager has had this prayer. But he answered her not a word. Well, that's kind of snotty. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Boy, this is a nice, uh, this is not exactly seeker sensitive or seeker friendly. 
Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, you're in the wrong group. You don't have a covenant. And I only do any everything by covenant. Even there, there's a grace message because God has, does what he does for us because of his everlasting covenant. Not because that, you know, we do everything right and avoid everything wrong. That's not why he blesses us. He doesn't bless us on dead works. He doesn't bless us even on, you know, what we do in the natural. He blesses us based on what he's already provided through blood covenant. Woo! And he's giving a lesson there that if you want the blessing of God, you got to get in on the covenant. Well, there's always a loophole. And if anybody knows anything about loopholes, it's Jewish attorneys. So this is the land of Israel, talking about the house of Israel, and these people know something about loopholes. We will find a way. We'll find a chink in the armor. There's a crack in this thing someplace. Praise God. There's always a way. You just look at your life and your situation. Am I helping anybody today? I'm excited. Woo! When that leg comes out, you better hide. (laughs) But I'm telling you, there's always a way. And the devil will say, ain't no way. Ain't no way you're going to pay your bills. Ain't no way you're going to improve your life. There's no way. Ain't no way is not English, is it? There's not a way. (laughs) I used to laugh at us. I said, you know, they say Americans are the only people in the world that, you know, kind of basically speak one language. I said, we don't even do that well. (laughs) We do not speak British English. It's something else. But anyway, there is, there, the devil will say, ain't no way. And you know what? I want to, reverse that on him and say to him, ain't no way you can stop the blessing of God in my life. There's not a way. You don't have enough power. You don't have enough darkness. You don't have enough lies. You don't have enough tricks up your sleeve to stop the everlasting blood covenant of God from manifesting in my life what God has already ordained. God has ordained a life of peace and joy and victory and finance and supply, glory, and and relationships healed. We're seeing that in our own family, Scarlett and I. We're seeing our relationships with, with, uh, with family members and others being just healed right in front of our eyes and, and things that you would have thought were impossible happening. And God is moving and working. And the devil lies and says it's never going to be better. It's never going to fix. Never, never, never. He's a liar, liar, pencil on fire. So when he says ain't no way, you need to put it back on him and say that's exactly right. Ain't no way that you can stop God from answering my prayer. Ain't no way. You don't have enough debt. You don't have enough lack. 
You don't have enough failure. You don't have enough sickness and disease and, and symptoms and bad reports to stop God's blessing. I did not intend to preach that right there, but that's pretty good. Holy Ghost words. Mark it down. You want to say, Mr. Devil, do your worst, but it's not enough to stop the blessing of God. You are defeated. You are nothing compared to the power of the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Woo! The leg. Watch the leg. We were preaching at a church one time, our singing group, Brother Hagen, we ended up in a church out in California that was kind of left over from the healing revival. So they had the Hammond going, you know, Nancy Harmon type, you know, tambourines and the song leaders. This is one of our friend Leo's group, you know. The song leaders up there is the pastor's daughter and she's got a kind of a long skirt on, you know, it's pretty uh modest. But there was a slit up the side. So every time she got to a certain part in the song, she'd go, woo, and kick her leg out, you know. They had a full house. I don't know. It might be something to this leg thing. I don't know. <laughs> to get Pastor Scarlett a skirt with a slit, you know. I'm kidding. Come on. We can have a little fun too, can't we? You're going to hell. That's, that was the main message I got growing up. You're going to hell. From my great-grandmother with her hair in a bun. I said, well, she couldn't help it. Cut off oxygen to her brain. It's too tight. Who needs a facelift? You can get your bun tight enough. All right. Just pull it all up. Praise God. <laughs> yep. He said, I don't have a covenant with you. I can't do anything. And he's not, you know what? Jesus is not going to do something. Oh boy, this will get me some hate mail. Jesus is not going to do something be, just because there's a need. If that were true, the whole world would be fixed up. Just because there's a need, just because something's pitiful, just because something's sad. He's not just automatically fixing it. If that were true, there would be no starving people. There would be no wars. There would be no murders or, or, uh, uh assaults, things like that. There'd be no illness. So he's not moved by her need. So people don't like that. Oh, he knows and he cares. Yeah, but he ain't going to do anything unless you, you understand a little bit about the covenant. Right. Amen. That's why we need to believe on the Lord Jesus, call on his name for salvation, and seal the covenant. Amen. Amen. Anyway, he he's not, and he, she said the need, she said my daughter's, grievously vexed with the devil and here's Jesus and his whole entourage and nobody's doing anything about it 
but saying she what she doesn't have. You don't have a covenant. We can't do it based on need, and it's not going to do it based on pity. It's not going to do it based on, uh, you know, anything or dead works or, you know, here I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll volunteer to clean the temple, you know, this week. Something like that. No, she wouldn't be allowed in the temple. She didn't have a covenant with them either. She has no covenant with anybody. But he told her, and he's getting to something there. Now, that should encourage you. Don't let that be a discouragement. Oh, man, he doesn't care about me. I didn't say he didn't care. I just said he can't act. He's not acting on your behalf based on need. He's he's acting on your behalf based on covenant, and you access that covenant through faith. Praise God. And guess what you've got today? You've got a covenant and faith. Woo! Now, see, all you see is that woman with the leg coming. Singing, Jesus on the main line. Woo! Whatever it takes to bring a crowd. (laughs) It said, then she came. Now, this is kind of weird. Then after he tells her, they said, get, send her away. And he says, I don't have anything for you. There's no covenant, nothing to transact business on. She came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. Now you'd think that would work. But he answered and said, now, oh boy, now I'm going to really say something to get some hate mail. Notice it said she worshipped him and, and said, Lord, help me. And he still didn't help her. And he called her a name. Now, here's something about that. You ever been in the service that said, the Lord wants to bless you? I've heard this from worship leaders. <laughs> the Lord wants to bless you, but he can't because you're not worshipping with your whole heart. Well, how does she know or he know? What does that mean? You know what that means? That means the worship leader feels rejection because people are standing there on their phones or they're what they're not really into it so they're mad that you don't like my song so they get spiritual and announce some weird thing like that that's not scriptural you can't say well the lord's not the lord wants to heal tonight but he's not gonna because you're not worshiping with your whole heart well we got so we got so many people from New Jersey and Brooklyn in in our part of town where we live that I'm starting to talk like this. It's affecting me. I got my hair cut yesterday, and everybody in the place is talking and yelling at each other like you're in an Italian pizzeria. I love it. Uh. Yeah, because, you know, there's like you're waiting, you know, for the, you got your thing on your name on the numbers, you know, for when you're next for your haircut and, uh, at great clips, praise the Lord. And you're there and here's, and here's, so here's these, these, these folks from Long Island. And the, the girl, the woman goes to the thing and she says, well, you know, Alex is next or whatever. Well, somebody's before Alex. Hey! 
I was here before him. I'm thinking, oh, praise God. New York City has moved to Tampa. And nobody's offended. That's just the way they talk. They yell at each other like cabbies in Boston. You ever seen that? Hey, move your car! Sorry. I'm the only one that finds that interesting. I just think they just scream at each other and nobody's offended. I wouldn't work in Birmingham. I'm just saying. Um, notice again, she has no covenant. She is, she comes and worships him. But you know what? We're, we're not worshiping. You gotta get this right and get rid of dead works. You're not worshiping the Lord to get, to, man, to manipulate him into doing something for you. You're worshiping him because of what he's done. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Not, well, I'm trying to get him to love me. No, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We're not worshiping in order to get a move of the Spirit. We're worshiping in the move of the Spirit. We're, we're, we're declaring we are in the revival. We're in a move of the Spirit. We're in the glory of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Not trying to, to get something to go and then get rebuked. I, 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 man, I've been in those meetings. Well, I had something in the Spirit, but I don't have it anymore because y'all didn't sing right. That's ridiculous. Has anybody heard stuff like that? It's ridiculous. And it's like, hey, don't blame your lack of being able to connect to the Holy Ghost on the crowd. So do your thing. Sorry. That's how I feel. I'm just saying. Next week, I'm going to tell you how I really feel. When I, when I hear, when I hear a preacher try to put me, try to condemn me for anything, I want to stand up and go, because that's not the Spirit of God. Condemn me. You're not deep enough. Well, I think sometimes we're drowning in deep. You can put in there whatever you like. But that's not scriptural. That's not the Lord. Amen? Amen. He loves us. He loves us when we're worshiping. He loves us when we're yelling at the great clips. I didn't yell, just so you know. I was cool. But I was about to if they put me behind somebody. I'm kidding. Hey! I was next! You know. <laughs> um, so now she I want you to get a picture of this she's here worshiping and she's saying Lord please help me like wouldn't wouldn't that like strike a note of compassion well I it, I'm sure he was compassionate he's Jesus he's, he's not gonna he's not saying I don't care but he's te- the Holy Spirit is teaching us through this about the things of God. Yes. Amen. Yes. 
In other words, Jesus is trying to get her to move to a place of faith, believe in something, not just woe is me. Sometimes I want to pray, woe is me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Don't you, don't you see what I'm going through? Don't you even care? I don't even think you care. Well, of course he cares. He died on the cross for you, for me. Of course he cares. But we've got to access that blessing through the covenant. It's like going to the bank, standing there behind the counter. I want some money out of my account. Well, okay, we're going to have to tap into and access your account. What's your account number? I don't know. I just need money. Well, what's your name? I don't want to give it to you. You might be, you know, from the FBI. I don't, you know, I don't know. Eventually, they're going to call some people to help you. Feel better. All right. You have to access what's already yours. Tap into the covenant. I have a covenant of blessing. I have Abraham's blessings belong to me. I don't care what it looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like. Abraham's blessings are mine. It's my covenant. And the devil, uh, uh, and Paul said, there is no law against it. No one can change it. Ah! It gets worse. I'm, just, I'm so embarrassed to have to read this about Jesus, but here it is. He answered, finally, thank you, Jesus, for answering this poor woman with her demon-possessed teenager. He answered and said, it is not meat or kosher or acceptable or even possible to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Oh, Lord. We have gone from ignoring to sending her away to calling her a dog. Labels. He has labeled her a dog. In other words, spiritually and, and, and in terms of covenant, she has no more rights than a dog. Now, I tell you, if you're super religious, you won't like this passage. You'll take your exacto knife and cut it out. Because it doesn't sound like gentle Savior lead us, does it? <laughs> it sounds like something else. What on earth is going on here? He said it's not kosher. It's not acceptable to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Now that point right there, she could have got really offended. If she had been alive today, she would be offended and be on MSNBC talking about these horrible religious people. But she said, truth, Lord, she found a loophole, folks. She found a way even without covenant. And I'm getting to something that ought to make you shout unless your shouters broke. Just warning you. 
She said, truth, I'll agree with you. I'm a dog when it comes to covenant. Yea, the yet, the yes, truth, Lord. However, or yet, the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. All right, fine. I'll be a dog. Give me my dog portion, and that will be enough to deliver me from this situation. Oh, something about that just excites me. I got some news. We have we have different labels than she did. Jesus answered and said unto her, look at this. O woman, she's been upgraded from a dog. O woman, great is thy faith. Wow. Now he's commending her for her faith. Be it unto you, even as thou wilt. See, we're always obsessed. We've been obsessed in church for 500 years with what's God's will. What's God? I just need to, I don't know what this means. I'm just trying to understand God's will and all this, you know, and people get just freaky over it. And, and you want to say, stop! <laughs> in the name of Jesus, talking that religious crap. Can I say crap? I said, I just did. There's, wor- there's other words, but I won't use that. Even if I have been around people from Brooklyn. Religious garbage. Stop talking that. Stop thinking that. You know, this is not a hallmark moment. This is a word of God moment. This is a life over death moment. This is an abundance over, over lack moment. This is a devil under our feet moment. This is a more than a conqueror instead of more than a loser. Woo! And it says, be it unto you even as you will. We're obsessed with God's will. Here he's saying, what do you will? It's, it's not, he didn't say, well, it is the Lord's will for you to have a deliverance today. No, it's, it's, it's what do you want? It says her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Folks, if you're going through a dark place, a hard place, a tight place, a tough place, it is not God sending you through it. James said, count it all joy when you find yourself, you know, in temptations and those things. Uh, knowing that the trial of your faith is more precious than gold. But that doesn't mean God's sending you through the trial. Life is full of trials and tribulations and problems. And we all go through them. And we all have the same challenges. But praise God, we go through knowing that two things are happening. God's covenant is being established. And number two, we're getting stronger. What was intended to kill us is making us stronger. But you can't do that and gripe and complain. She could have gone away offended. Wow, I thought if anybody would help me, it would be the Jesus Christ Evangelistic Association. (laughs) 
Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hallelujah. In the shadow of the prayer tower with a flame on top. But you know, uh, we, she could have gone away offended and said, he called me a dog. Did y'all hear, did you hear what, did you hear what he called me? Called me a dog. But instead she says, okay, I'll be a dog. I'll take that label. Remember, talked about labels. I'll take that label and I'll be a dog. I'll get my dog blessing. And she got what she needed from a crumb. Now, here's the good news. You know where this is going. She got her blessing, no covenant, and being called a dog and got and got a crumb. We're not dogs. We're children. Amen. We're heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Not only are we not having to wait for a crumb. See, because see, if you get religious, you'll start praying like that. Well, Lord, I'll be a dog for your glory, and I'll take a crumb. Well, no, <laughs> no, you don't. You're not a dog. Stop lying. You have a covenant, Christ. And if you're in the world, you have a covenant. Christ died for the whole world. Hallelujah! All you have to do is receive it and accept it and say it's mine. I, I I'm going to operate in it. Hallelujah! And so. I'm not a dog, and I'm not waiting for a crumb. I'm a child of God, an heir of God, a joint heir, joint brother with Jesus Christ. And not only do I have a place at the table, I don't have to be satisfied with a crumb of blessing. I got the whole table. Everything that's on it. Please pass me a bowl of healing. Please pass me a bowl uh, would you please pass the encouragement platter? Would you please pass me, you know, the uh, abundance plate? Let me take off of it what I need and desire. Hallelujah. <laughs> so if she can get her deliverance, see, know what belongs to you. She knew that the crumb, he, she said, fine, I'll be a dog. And the dog owns the crumb. You'd have to be cruel and inhumane to not let a dog get something that fell on the floor. Unless it's not good for them. What made me think of that is my grand, my little grandson, his name's Evan. He's a year, what, a year and four months. And he had this little thing they put on the table. He sits, you know. And the minute that that my dog and my sister's dog saw that there was a baby in the house, they're excited. Why are they excited? Because they know that when your baby eats, manna from heaven will begin to fall. So, he's for one night we've got spaghetti and he's got the spaghetti going on, you know. This is when... Food becomes art. <laughs> Spaghetti bolognese. Praise God. Lots of tomato sauce to go on everything. And he's got his hands in the spaghetti and then it goes on the floor and the dogs are instantly there claiming it. You'd have to be some kind of mean person to go beat the dog for eating the we're happy about the dog. The dog cleans the floor. 
The dog is fulfilling one of his highest callings. Don't worry. French bulldog doesn't have a tail, but can wiggle its butt a little bit, you know. I'm excited. Praise the Lord. I'm going to get me some spaghetti. Finally. And he's clean, she's cleaning, Blanche is cleaning the floor, and my sister's dog is there cleaning the floor, and they're just running around. They're happy. There's joy in the house. Praise God. And we didn't have to, we didn't have to, we didn't have to get out on the floor with a, any kind of a broom or a sponge or anything. Or a, a, a washcloth. They have cleaned it, licked it clean in the grout everywhere. And I figure that that dog has a right to those crumbs. And that's what she banked on. And Jesus knew it was right. Even the dogs eat the crumb. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not a dog. You're not a dog. We got the whole table. Not only do we own what's in the bowls, we own the bowls. We own the table. We own the chair. We own the floor. We own the kitchen. We own the house. Because God brought us, as T.L. Osborne said one year, also at 1983 camp meeting, Tulsa, he said, God saves us. He said, here's the whole plan of salvation. God saved us and then made us his partners. Somebody said, it's like you owe the bank Let's say you owe the bank, uh, you know, on your house or something. You owe the bank $50,000 and they call you and say, see, a lot, a lot of churches, this is as far as they preach. And so the bank president calls you and says, come over here. We need to talk about this, uh, mortgage or this money. So you go over there and you're thinking, oh, they're going to up my interest rate. They're going to foreclose. They're going to do something. You go over there and they go, listen, not only are we canceling your debt, that would be good news. Canceling your debt. But we're also going to make you a bank partner. You will not only, not only is your debt canceled, but now you own partly, you're, you're part owner with other owners of the bank. And uh, so which office would you like to use? And you don't even have to work or do anything. It's already done. But here's your position. That's real salvation. Not just your, my sins are forgiven. Well, that's a beautiful thing. But it's not just that. We're forgiven and restored according to Amplified Classic, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. We are restored to favor. Woo! Not only is all my crimes and everything forgiven, but, see, let's go to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. 
stewardess will be in the aisle. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Praise the Lord. Well, anyway, there it is. Look, okay. Now go to eighteen. Go to 19. Ah, Reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. We've been restored to favor. Put back in place with favor. Like, again, not just your debts forgiven, you're now part owner of the bank. City Bank or Chase Manhattan or something. Right? Like a big bank. Like God said, I own all the gold. God is like saying, you know, I'm not greedy. I just will tell you what I want. I want all the gold, all the silver, and all the cattle. And you can have the rest. Whoever wants it. But praise God, we're with God owning all the gold, all the silver, all the cows. That means plenty of ribeyes and filet mignon. We don't have to gnaw off the toenail. You understand? Praise God. And so that's who we are. That's what we have. And that's our label. And it doesn't matter what else that the enemy tries to call us. We go, nope. No, I'm not even a dog, and that would be okay because she gets some crumbs, but I am a child of God. You know that song, and I know it's an okay song. I don't, you know, I'm not going to get like mean about all songs. But you know that song, I am a friend of God. It's okay, okay, yeah, he calls us his, Jesus called us his friends. But, it stops short of really who you are. You know, you're not just a friend of this family. You are the family. And we already got a peek at the will. And we're heirs. Everything that God has. Because blood covenant is not just, okay, here's the, you know, like we're used to attorneys you know, ice picking away at everything. But, well, you get 15% of that and 23% of this other thing. God's covenant, blood covenant, like Hebrew style, Bible, blood covenant, means everything I own is yours. And everything you own is mine. We are in this 100%. Not just 50-50, 100 and 100 well, that's the way marriage is supposed to be. But then, you know, it, it, then it gets messed up because whoever can afford the best divorce lawyer. But I'm just telling you that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way a marriage is supposed to be. Hey, I'm in 100%. Well, I am too. People say 50, marriage is a 50-50 proposition. Well, no wonder a lot of them don't work out. You know, amen? We got to be in 100%. And then, of course, I know there's extenuating circumstances. There are people that are, you know, one partner's in 100% and the other one's not in at all. (laughs) 
fine, I'll just let you carry the whole load. Well, that that's not going to fly. It's not right. But praise God, you know. Okay, that's enough preaching. 